Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon for Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. God gives Christians the reason and the ability to change their life every day, 24-7, 365. Now, it's one thing to know that, yeah, there's some things I probably ought to clean up about my life. But it's also, it's also frequently said in the same tone as, yeah, I need to lose about 10 or 15 pounds. You know, things you know, but, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. It's ice cream season. <laughs> the same type of thing happens to us as Christians. You know, yeah, there's probably some things I could do better about, but... Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, you know. God's grace. But Paul delivers this message to his people in a place called Ephesus. In chapter 1, verse 23, he says, you're the body of Christ. That's why you need to live every day like Jesus. Live as the body of Jesus. You have a new identity. And in chapter 2, verse 17, he says, you can live in peace. You have a tra- the ability to live, not stressed out, but in, in tranquil contentment. And live every day just like Jesus, because he gives you new relationship. And in chapter 3, verse 19, he reminds them, God's not forgotten about you. He's still at work in you, and he's still at work through you, and he gives you new strength every single day and then in chapter 4 he would remind them you've been created to become more like God because his spirit lives within you and enables you to do that that may seem like a, a rather abrupt switch but I want you to consider this the idea of having the freedom to live your life at one point was synonymous with the United States of America. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Familiar phrase from Thomas Jefferson. Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. The the defiance of, you want my freedom, you want my gun, come and take it. Don't tread on me. The land of the free, the home of the brave, all of that and and symbolized by the Statue of Liberty. The idea that you could still have the opportunity to live your own life without the intrusion of government telling you what you had to do was, and yes, still is, a magnetic attraction to people from all over the world who want that opportunity. That was the inspiration behind Lady Liberty's torch the hope of freedom was that light would shine into the dark world showing them you can come here and have that freedom and honestly the biblical reality of how the darkness hates the light because it exposes their deeds of darkness is still very real that's why this country is despised so much as well because it exposes the darkness of governments that refuse to give that freedom. 
Now, my guess is about now, you're probably thinking, rolling your eyes, well, here he goes on another political rant. That's not the case. Yes, it would be easy to do at this point in time. I'd just step aside and let Bo finish. But <laughs> this isn't the place or the time for that, even if it is timely. I want you to consider that if we as Christians don't allow God to change our everyday 24-7, 365 life, then we become the darkness that's threatened by the light of God. And when people feel threatened, that's when they get defensive. And so this morning, honestly, there are some of you, and I understand this, who are either here in the audience or watching eventually on, on video at home. There are some of you that will probably get defensive and, well, if you're watching me online, you'll just hit the button and turn me off, but you'll want me to mind my own business. But here's the truth. God expects Christians to let him change their lifestyle. He would go on to say it this way in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's the place where God belongs. God belongs in you. He lives in you, and he was given to you by God. And that's why he says, you're not your own. You've been bought and paid for. Now, I know, yes, it's kind of a mixed metaphor of talking about freedom and liberty and then talking about slavery and being bought and sold on a slave auction block. But he reminds them, you've been bought. God is the one who paid the price for you. You've been bought and paid for, so honor God with your body. See? Now about now is when you probably were wishing I was talking politics, huh? But, but wait until you see how the Bible applies this principle of letting God be honored in how you live. You see, just before telling Christians in 1 Corinthians 6 that you're not your own, he told those same Christians in the chapter before that in, in 1 Corinthians 5, that they needed to change <laughs> they needed to change their sexual lifestyle to honor God. Whoa, 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 let's go back to politics. Now you're going to tell me about how I should live my life sexually, morally? <laughs> well, if I'm going to read the Bible, yes. If that's not enough, in chapter 5, verse 11 of 1 Corinthians, they were told about other things that need to change as well, not just their sexual lifestyle. He says, I was talking about your own people, not just those bad people out there. No, us people in here. Us people who are the place where God belongs. I was talking about your own people who are immoral. Well, I've never had an affair, so he's not talking about it. No, I, I, I want to talk about your own people who are greedy, who haven't learned how to live within their own means, and they're so far in over their head in debt that they can't see their way out. 
And they got that way because they worshipped idols, thinking that things would bring them happiness and joy and satisfaction in life instead of God. Well, I don't do any of that, but there's, there's a bunch of knuckleheads out there. They do that. Yeah, he also talks about those who curse others. And those who don't know how to control themselves, not only with what they not only with what they allow to come out of their mouth, but also what they put into their mouth because they get drunk or how they cheat others. He uses the illustration quite simply enough. How can you sit down at the same table with people like that? You see, when these Christians kept reading in 1 Corinthians 6, they discovered that God also wants them to change how they settle arguments with each other. Yeah, let your mind wrap around that. You have Christians who have God living in them with the presence of the Spirit of God in them and they can't get along with each other. And he talks to them about how to handle situations like that. He also would talk to them, again, about what they do in their own bedrooms how that needs to honor God. And he reminds them that their personal life needs to change in order to reflect what being right with God looks like. That's why he would say it this way in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. You're kidding yourself. Don't, don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheap people. None of these inherit the kingdom of God. You see, what I want to leave you with is God expects our lifestyle to reflect our relationship with him. Because instead of reading this and saying, oh, well, there you go, I'm out, you know, or, well, they're out. No, no, no. The, the principle is God wants my everyday lifestyle to reflect my relationship with him. That's why he tells us, you're not your own. You've been bought and paid for, so honor God with your body. In verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 6. We must allow our relationship with God to change how we live. So let me ask you this. What price are you willing to pay for him because of the price that he paid for you? Well, see, I thought Christianity was all about getting. You know, I get blessed, I get goods, I get heaven. Yeah, but you get to honor God as well. And sometimes there's a price that comes with that. In chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I'm in prison because I belong to the Lord. And I beg you to live the way that God's people should live because he chose you to be his. There was a price for him to pay because of his relationship with God. Paul surrendered his freedom because of his relationship with God, and he went to prison for it. Now, in that same way, not necessarily going to prison, although at some point in time it may come to that if things continue on politically like they appear to be, 
But the principle is this. We're asked to surrender our freedom, our freedom, in how we get to live our personal life. Well, I can live that any way I want to. Yeah, you, you can. But you don't get to live any way you want to and claim to live the way God wants you to. Now, here's what's possible. When our lifestyle reflects our relationship with God, this is what it starts to look like in Ephesians 4, verse 2. Always be humble, gentle, and patient. Putting up with one another in love. You see, when our lifestyle reflects our relationship with God, then humility becomes possible to the most arrogant of us. When our lifestyle reflects our relationship with God, we, we have the ability given to us by God to make that change to become gentle instead of billy goat gruff in how we interact with each other. And when our lifestyle reflects our relationship with God, then regardless of what the news is and what the news is in politics, we have an inner tranquility and an inner strength that can be seen in our relationships. We learn to love others like God has loved us, and we sacrificially act for their benefit instead of just out of having a fit. And the result of that is seen in the very next verse in chapter 4, verse 3. We're all joined together with peace through the Spirit. So, make every effort to continue together in this way. You see, we learn to be at peace with God's agenda and work for the maturity in both our life and in the life of others. Let me back off just a bit, okay? Look at it like this. You ever get frustrated because somebody's not living the way that you think they ought to live? Hmm. He says, they're all in it with you. You're all in it together. And because you're all in together, God's probably kind of frustrated with how you're not living the way you ought to live either. So keep that in mind because when you do, you learn to be at peace with what God's doing in their life to help them mature beyond where they are today when you're so frustrated with them. Or maybe if your frustration is with yourself that you wish you could be better and do better, you learn to be at peace with what God is doing to help you get better as well. But how is that even possible? It's possible because God gives us the ability to change our life. Our everyday, 24-7, 365 life. In, in Ephesians chapter 3, he's already told him in verse 20, with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. Even change my attitude. It may have been easier for God to create the world in six days than to change my attitude some days. And yet, 
God's power is at work in us, and he can recreate humility out of my arrogance and pride. Because God's power is at work in us, he can recreate gentleness from my sarcasm and harshness. Because I know some of you are rolling your eyes about that one. You're not sure God's got that much ability. I guess that kind of illustrates that sarcasm and harshness. The power of God at work in us, though, can even recreate patience from our exasperation with others. And consequently, we're able to put up with one another, not with eye rolls and heavy sighs, but we put up with one another out of love because of the Spirit's love within us, and that creates peace. That's a lot more than I can ever ask or imagine. But God not only gives us the ability to change our life, He gives us some motivation, the reason to change our life. In verses 4, 5, and 6, he says, There's only one body and one spirit. And in the same way, you were called to share one hope. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one God, and He is the Father of us all. He's over all. He's the one working through us all, and he's the one living in all of us. The New Life version phrases it that way. That one God is the God who's working through us all. And that's the same one God who's living in us all. Hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem to give me much of an excuse not to let him change me. If there's one God and he's able to do beyond all that I can ask or imagine and he's living in me, well, what if I cling to my arrogance instead of allowing him to recreate humility? Doesn't that make me guilty of worshiping my arrogance instead of worshiping him? And that's idolatry. And wouldn't it make it idolatry if I continue to treat people harshly instead of gently and then there's this thing about letting God rule over me and letting God work through me creating patience in me as an indication of his presence living in me no wonder he said in chapter 4 verse 3 of Ephesians that we need to make every effort to continue together living this way you see just Realize that it's not our effort that changes us. It's the work of God within us. Our effort is seen in not working against him. I guess you could say, I surrender all. Is our effort. As he tries to work through me. God gives us the help we need. To change our everyday life. Every day. In verse 11 of chapter 4 he says, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now, don't, don't get lost on that. But just realize what he's saying. 
God knew it's not up to us. He gives, his, he gives the presence of his spirit within us to convict us. And he gives us the people in our lives that we need to encourage us and instruct us and even warn us and admonish us when we need it. Now, despite the different role and function, each one has the same purpose. Verse 12 of Ephesians 4, it's their responsibility to equip God's people. Give me what I need. That's their job. Equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, before you all start blaming me for not equipping you, just know this. God gives us the help we need to change our life. Thank God that he knows the help I need. Thank God he knows the people that I need in my life. Thank God that he gives me the opportunity that I need to make to let him make those changes in me. David, why don't you and the worship team make your way up? The God who is over all and in all and also working through all of us in the body of Christ, that's the God who expects us to work together and not just sit together on Sunday mornings. Let me hit that again, okay, just so you can countersink that nail. God expects us to work together, not just sit together on Sundays. That's not just talking about Bible classes or small groups or volunteering for VBS or, or, or any of our other ministries. No, 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 beyond that. I mean, making cookies is the easy stuff. Taking kids to the bathroom during VBS... That's a piece of cake. This is the hard stuff I'm talking about. The hard stuff of allowing him to change what I think is right and wrong in how I live my life in private. This is the hard stuff of allowing the Spirit of God to convict me about what, if, or how much I should drink. This is the hard stuff of allowing God to change my life about my financial priorities when I think he needs to mind his own business. I'll spend my money that I made on my own, my own way. And God says, no, it doesn't work that way. This is the hard stuff of allowing God to change, to change what I say about others and to others. It's a hard stuff of not taking advantage of other people financially, sexually, or even by holding grudges over them and manipulating them with guilt. This is the hard stuff of submitting all, surrendering all, the issues of my personality to the Lordship of Jesus who is over all. And all of that means being willing to have the hard conversations and hold each other accountable when I'd rather look the other way and wait for God to work it out. This means hearing 
the hard conversations and being receptive to somebody who God is using to help hold me accountable. And so do all of that with humility, gentleness, patience, and the very love of God himself. When that happens, this is the result in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. When each part does its own special work, it helps the others grow. And so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Hmm. You see, God gives Christians the reason and the ability to change our life every single day. He gives us the reason and the ability if we're willing. So are you willing to honor the God who gave you life by allowing him to recreate your life? Are you willing, once we were dead to him in sin, to let him give you life in Christ? Are you willing, because Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life for us, are you willing to sacrifice your life for him to live in and work through you? Romans chapter 6 says that those who are baptized into Christ were raised up from that water to live a new life united, one with Christ. Are you willing to make that decision to let God change your life because you are one with Him? And to make that decision every day. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.